we were in the water together. We were actually kissing. My legs were wrapped around his waist and he felt something. Something had bumped my thigh and he jumped and he dropped me and he ran to the beach. And whatever had bumped my thigh felt big, it felt solid, it felt heavy. From Outside Magazine, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, a marine biologist learns to live with loss and finds her way back to the ocean. After this. My name is Shannon Leon Fowler. I am originally from California, and I now live in London with my three kids. I am a marine biologist and a writer. I am currently studying seabirds in Alaska. I also write nonfiction. When I was 28 years old, I was halfway through my PhD in marine biology, and my fiancé at the time was named Sean, and we had only just gotten engaged. We ended up going to Thailand, where he wanted to go. And we were on the island of Koh Phangan, and this is August of 2002 now. We were in the water together. I thought a stingray had nudged me, and then Sean had stepped on it because my legs were wrapped around his waist, so they weren't touching the sand. So I thought he'd been stung by a stingray. And I'd been with people who'd been stung by stingrays before. It's incredibly painful. We went to the shore and he was sitting down on the beach and he said that he was having trouble breathing and that his head felt heavy and he wanted me to go get help. The light was fading at this point. It was about dusk. There was a bar not far down the beach. So I started to run for help and I turned back about halfway and he'd collapsed face first into the sand. And that was the first moment that I thought, this is serious. A number of people followed me from the bar. We tried to do CPR. We tried to give him mouth to mouth. I was screaming for an ambulance. There was obviously no ambulance on Copenhagen, but he was taken in the back of a truck to a clinic. They worked on him for 20 minutes and he was pronounced dead on arrival. Sean was stung by a box jellyfish. That was the end of my life in a lot of ways. I was a 28 year old marine biologist. We'd been engaged 10 days. I just had found out I was pregnant, which was a surprise and which we were still kind of wrapping our heads around. I could see my whole life with him and the kids we would have and the grandkids we would have and living in Australia together and working as a marine biologist. And in an absolute instant, all of that was gone. I miscarried four days later by myself in a hotel room in Bangkok and I lost the ocean. And I didn't know that I would ever get it back at that point. I had loved the ocean my entire life, and I hated the ocean. I didn't touch the water for a year. I didn't know if I would ever go back to marine biology. I didn't know if I would finish my PhD. It makes no sense, and I'm a scientist. I tend to be quite rational, but I... I felt betrayed by the ocean. I felt like I had given my life to the ocean and the ocean had totally betrayed me. I think America is a culture that doesn't deal with grief very well. We want to put a cliche, we want to put a silver lining, we want to 
We want to slap a Band-Aid on it and think everything's going to be okay. And I found that very painful and very difficult when I was going through it. I found myself in Eastern Europe in countries that dealt with death and grief very differently, much more openly, much more matter-of-factly. I went to Sarajevo in 2002. The city was very visibly scarred. There were buildings that were just demolished, rubble still, and some things very intentionally had been left that way. So one of the things that Sarajevans did is they filled in mortar blasts where people had died with red resin. And so you would see these cracks in the pavement, these small explosions, these scars in the pavement filled with red, and they would call them Sarajevo roses. And so I think that is a beautiful and tragic way of remembering. You're not going to repave it, you're going to mark it, and every time someone walks by there, they're going to know that somebody died there. The way they dealt with the tragedy that they had suffered through was making it into art, making beauty out of grief. It was a bit of a turning point for me that terrible things happen, but that doesn't mean that life can't be beautiful afterwards. And it doesn't mean that for life to be beautiful, you can't acknowledge the darkness and the terrible things that have happened. And sometimes acknowledging the darkness is beautiful. So when it was the year anniversary of Sean's death, I booked a long weekend to Noosa in Australia, which is a surfer's place on the East Coast. And I thought, I'm going to go in the water on the year anniversary. So I rented a surfboard and I went in and I went under and I came up and nothing changed. Somehow I thought on the year anniversary, I would enter the water and I would be cleansed. I would move on. But I went under and everything was the same. A couple of months after that, I went to Vanuatu and I went scuba diving for the first time since Sean had died. And there was one moment where all of a sudden I felt like I could breathe. There was a single inhale and it felt like I'd filled my lungs for the first time in a year and two months. It still took me a while to, to really want to be around the ocean. I think one of the things that probably helped is I'm a biologist, so I study nature. And things happen, right? I mean, animals kill each other. It's part of what happens. And I guess I learned to accept that there's dark and light. And that you can love something and love the light and learn to deal with the dark. I did finish my PhD. I do love the ocean again. I really do. It's a different kind of relationship. It's probably more realistic, more mature. I think a lot of us have probably loved things that have dark aspects and the ocean is incredibly powerful and something to be respected. I try to not use words like move past or even recover from because Sean's death has been incorporated into my life and it's such an enormous part of who I am. There will always be this massive hole in my heart. I still think about him every day. I miss him every day. I think my biggest lesson is that I feel 
that you have to find your own path through grief and how you are going to live with that loss. In some ways, I'm not going to be okay, and that's okay. If you had asked me 20 years ago, would I be sitting here having an interview 20 years after he's he has died and still maybe not be able to get through it without crying? I think I would have found that devastating. I'm okay with that. It's just, it's the way it is. Life, in my opinion, is not fair and it's not always easy. Life can be beautiful and it can be devastating. And sometimes it can be both of those things all at once. Shannon Leon Fowler is a marine biologist, writer, and single mom of three young children. She currently lives in London and studies seabirds in Alaska. Her memoir, Traveling with Ghosts, is out now. You can learn more about her at shannonleonfowler.com. This episode was produced by Tunvi Kumar. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.